Okay, today's class is in the, in the Rufu Shalem of? Dov Ben Yacha. Dov Ben Yacha? Freda. Freda. Okay, also in the Rufu Shalem of? Simcha Ben Yamna. Simcha Ben Yamna. Also in the success of Kol Yisrael. Also the success of Elisheva Banava. May Hashem help her. May Hashem give her Muna and Bitachon. May Hashem give her tranquility. May Hashem give her to be super nice to her husband. <laughs> Okay, <clears throat> next Wednesday night's class is going to be in the Miami Torah Center in Sunny Isles. We're going to do a class on the connections between worry, parnasa, anxiety and parnasa. It's all very connected, believe it or not. We talk about adrenal insufficiency, exhaustion, etc. Gemara says if a person has bread in his basket and he worries about tomorrow, it's a person of little faith. And that seems to be a very similar story with all of us today. So we have to retrain our minds and we have to reprogram our minds to focus on changing these patterns because these patterns are killing us. They're killing us. People are, the number one killer today is cortisol. It's not uh, anything else. It's cortisol. That's what's killing everybody today. It's what's going to be, what happened yesterday. It's just, it's, it's everything. It, 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 you can see mentally that this country is not in a good state of mind. You know, people were showing that how, how much the news affects people. They're saying that people had, they interviewed people that were watching the six-hour race, the marathon with the Boston Bomber, and the people that were at the race. And they showed that people that were watching it had more post-traumatic stress than the people that were actually there. So you can see the one way to completely get rid of a lot of anxiety is you got to cut the news. You got to cut the news. And you watch the news, you run, run for your life. Specifically, if you don't have Torah or you don't have spirituality, what else do you do? Can you, you, I just can't even imagine. Anyway, let's talk about better things. Um, so this today's class, today's the actually the yard set of the Ramchal. Ramchal is an amazing, amazing tzaddik. Um, he wrote many books. He wrote Derech Hashem, and he also wrote this book called Mesilai Yisharim. Ramchal spoke many times about doing his bodidut, speaking about his bodidut, doing his bodidut, whatever, how important it was. And he said, we're going to speak about that now. And the importance on how it's one of the only ways to get really close to your creator. Um, so we're going to do some stuff from, from there. Today's also the, the Yesod Shebe Yesod. Yesod is the Brit. Today's double Brit. Today's the day we can really rectify. I speak to all the guys, very simple. If you want to get to second base spiritually, you must work on this department. If you, unless you want to stay in first base, remember, I've gone to some Chabad's for Friday night services and I see the same guy, same thing, same girlfriend, same thing. You need to go to second base in life. You can't be in first base. Because if your person's in first base the whole time in life, what's, what's, there's no growth. If there's no growth, what's the purpose of, of, of anything? So it's very important. We have to understand that we, like we said in the Parsha, if you serve Hashem casually, I will be casually with you. You want to be casual? I'm going to be casual with you. Everybody wants a commitment. They want the, the buyer to commit to them. They want this to commit to them. But, oh, I don't want to commit to Hashem. I don't want to commit to this. I don't want to commit to that. I don't want to commit to that. It's hard. It's difficulty. So if you want a commitment, you got to commit. Very important. The commitment must start down here. And then upstairs, they'll make commitments happen to you. That's what Nachal says in Lesson 9. That your tefillah affects both your Shalom Bayit and your Parnassah. If the Shalom Bayit and Parnassah are real rocky... First place to go is look in the tefillah. How is the tefillah? How, how is the concentration? How is the intensity? Are you there? Are you thinking about it? What are you thinking about when you're there? What's the approach? How early do you do it? Are the words coming out of your mouth real? Rav Nachman said very simple. Look what he says here. 
Keep in mind that the essence of your prayers is the faith you have in them, that they will be answered. It's not the length of the prayer, it's the faith you have in them. So if I have faith, what does that mean when I have faith in my prayers? That means my, my mind and my mouth are aligned. My heart, every, everybody's on the same page. But if I don't really have faith, I'm probably going to go with, with a very low effort. So it's very, very important. And, it's very, and the Gemara says also, that it's very easy to get very distracted and get exhausted for, for prayer. And we're very likely to give up in tefillah because it's so difficult. And the Gemara says it's the summit of the universe. Yet most people take it very lightly. The Gemara was telling you this a long time ago. Summit of the universe. It's an open book test. But why are most people taking it lightly? Because they don't believe in it. If you, if you believed in your business, you would go first thing in the morning to your business. But again, it's very important that we work on this today. So for, with a person, with the guys, practically, the one thing that not fixing your bread, Rabbi Nachman says in lesson two, he tells you right off the bat, by the way, if you don't work on this bread, you're not going to come to tefillah. <laughs> That's a problem. Because if I can't, if I can't have tefillah in my life, I'm, I can't grow spiritually. I can't grow. It's going to cool me off. It's going to cool me off. So without the Brit, without a, a guy fixing his sexual energy, and remember, we tell people, you got to do the 40-day challenge. Just, I don't care what this, that, what happened in the past. We got to deal with today. Today is the day. And according to the effort, according to the, the need you need to do it, is the obstacle placed in front of it. Not everybody has the same obstacle in this, in this department. Mm. But because that person has a major tikkun to rectify in that. Remember, we're second-hand customers here in this world. It's not the first time you've been here in this world. We're here to repair. We're here to repair. Otherwise, you come back a third, a third round. It's not Amazon exchange policies. They put you in a locker, they come back. There's no locker for Gilgulim. You got to come back. It's not a 14-day thing. You got to come back in, in this vicious world full of pain, full of anxiety, and you got to repair. So we got to understand. <laughs> like this, the, 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 the information is there. You know, back then, nobody knew about Rabbi Nachman. Nobody knew about this problem. But now we do know about it. Mm. Information's out there. So I would exp- today, on Yesod Shabi Yesod, I would start the 40-day challenge. And if you fail, you try again. Until Thomas Edison has a great line. And he says, show me the Thomas Edison. You know, he tried something a thousand times. And imagine if he would have tried 900 times. And he says a great line. He says, what does he say? I have a line. Our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always just to try one more time. Hmm. Just one more time. How about this? From Nachman's telling you in lesson 48. He's telling you when, it, when you start beginning to, to, to come closer to God. Lesson 48 is the, is the letter that he gave right before he died. And he explained to people, and he gave a letter, not giving a teaching. He gave them a letter of encouragement to explain to people that you're going to feel like you got rejected. You're going to feel like Hashem abandoned you, but it has nothing to do with abandonment. It's only concealment. And he says, when a person begins serving God, the way they show him is rejection. Right away. It doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? You're showing me rejections. I want to get closer. The rejection. Because they want to make sure that this guy's really serious. I want to make sure that this guy's not doing it for the capital. Or he's not doing it for the car. Or he's not doing it because he wants this easy or that. Because most people originally, they come, they come for, they want the goods. You know, they're not interested so much in the heart. But you know, listen, I tried everything else. Let me try this. But so they want to make sure your efforts are real. So the beginning of everything, and I'm struggling a lot with, with people starting in the beginning because they start and then they get a little couple obstacles, they, they get knocked out. Mm. So the beginning is rejection. The re- beginning is rejection sh- to show only that a person should have more desire. It seems to him that he's being rebuffed on high. 
in, in reality, all distancing, all pushing away is nothing more but bringing you closer. Unbelievable, huh? The more you say no, the more a customer say, says no. All my uncles, I never forget when I used to work in electronics stores in downtown Miami when I was 10 years old. They told me something very deep. They told me when the customer says no, that's when the sale begins. Because anybody can sell and walk, work at Walmart and says, how much is this ladder for $19.99 and take it to the counter? Who can't do that? Everybody can do that. But they taught me something very more. I learned more when I was working for my, my uh, uncle's electronic stores between 10 to 18 years old, 10 to 16 years old, even though I was getting paid like Vietnam. <laughs> and they abused me, uh, uh, abused me financially over there because I came from Colombia, but they really, until I, I actually quit, and then they tripled my, quadrupled my salary. Anyway, but I learned a lot because what, what would happen then is there was... 25 stores in the same block selling the same exact thing. Mm. So how are you going to become a salesman if everybody can sell? So you would have to have a lesson on psychology, reading the customer, reading everything, and knowing how to sell a, sell a customer. And my uncles always told me something very, very deep. They told me, Hashem blessed them all, that when the customer says no, that's when the sales, sale begins. When the Yetzirah says no, that's when you need to push harder. It's a very deep lesson, and it taught me that we don't give up on the first shot. We, we push, we push, we push. One more time, one more tefillah. And believe it or not, the days that I've woken up, where it seemed like impossible to wake up those days, I've seen the most success on those days in tefillah. So, you know, this is the price. You want, there's a price for absolutely everything in life, and if you want something good in life, you must be willing to pay for it. That's it. What do you want? Pick the price and pay the price. That's the problem. There's no problem. You want a price for tranquility? You need to read. You need to. You need to pray for bitachon. You need to learn everything about bitachon, about trusting in God. Then you'll have tranquility. You want. You want shalom bayit. You're gonna have to control your mouth and shut your mouth. Mm. Otherwise, you have no shalom bayit. There's a price for everything. We need to understand that. We can't blame it on the other person because that's really not gonna do anything. We really have to understand what's the price that I want and, what, and, and, and um, am I willing to pay the price? That's really what we come down to. So Rabbi Nachman says here that the reason why we have all these obstacles in the beginning and he's telling us to be extremely stubborn and Rabbi Nachman says in Lekut HaLachot if we're not extremely stubborn not, he didn't say take it easy. No, he's saying a person has to be extremely stubborn in the service of God, not to move from His place. You can't move from your place. We have it in us, we're stiff-necked. Right, stiff you're stiff-necked anyway. We know how stubborn people are the other way. Hmm. So use the stubbornness for the right way. Because what happens, you're waiting in line, waiting for something to happen, waiting for tefillah, waiting for prayer. And you know you can have that one more prayer. But what happens? The Yetzirah wants to tell you to skip line. Get out of line. And he's saying here, no matter what comes his way, no matter what, stop thinking about the mother-in-law, stop thinking about this, stop thinking about work, don't desert your place. Remember this well, because you will have much need for it when you begin to serve Hashem. Ramnach, this is what the paragraph that Ramnach is telling you. You need to be... No, where do we hear... Where, no phone, no phone. Where do we hear stubbornness? Where do we hear stubbornness today? You never, where did you hear? You have to be stubborn. Nachman knew. He knew the human condition. He knew the person's tendency not to deal with pain, to just want to escape, whether it's smoking marijuana or dealing this, anxiety, all of these nonsense things. 
much you have to wait and you have to be stubborn and you have to have tremendous koach to have, to have any success in his bodidut, in tikkun abrit, in anything spiritually that it's actually going to help you for the rest of your life. You have to have this attitude. If you don't have this attitude, there's a very good chance you're not going to make, or make any kind of splash in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yes, you'll be a Friday night traditional, light a couple candles, you know, spin a dreidel on Hanukkah. But that's not really nothing. Because what happens with this tradition stuff, and I respect everybody's values, it doesn't really give you faith. And it's not going to help you when the customer pulls out of a deal and you get anxiety attacks. It's not going to help you when your husband's on, uh, on, a, on an addiction problem and you don't know who to turn to but a psychologist. It's not going to help you with all of these things. So all this is wonderful, this tradition business, but it's not going to give you really faith because the more you connect to Hashem, the more you'll feel Him and the more you'll have the dot. Because remember, we don't have the dot. You don't have the dot. How can you, you, what, what meaning are you going to give to something? So it's very hard, this tradition business. That's why, unfortunately, today you see the reform movement and conservative movement, they're really going out of business. That's what Chabad's taking in. They're going out of business. They're going out of business because there's no depth. There's no depth to the teachings. It's just a person talking, and I used to go to something, there's nothing. Talking about politics for half of the time, on Shabbat, what is this? This is, this is what I want? No, we don't want this. Now, you can start little by little. We don't have to be fanatics. But you have to understand, you've got to go to the truth. And the truth is, is, is really going all in. You have to go all in. But obviously, we have to expand and increase our vessels. vessels. So a person needs tremendous determination. That means a person should not say, Shabbat, I never grew up. I, it's not for me. I don't know anything about it. No, no, no. You should say, listen, I don't, I, it's very hard for me to keep Shabbat. But at least let me keep an hour of Shabbat. Let me keep two hours of Shabbat. Because a little bit of light gets rid of a lot of darkness. So we can't say... Let, let's do nothing. No, we have to try to make some moves on Shabbat, on Kashrut, on Tikkun HaKal. We can't just have constipated spiritually. That means, yes, we understand a lot of things, but we're not really doing anything. And that's just constipation, you know? It's very important. And I, if I'm in a sales meeting, I need to make sure my, my people are listening, right? So sometimes, unfortunately, you go to rabbis, they listen, talking, <laughs> the crowds, this one's on the phone, that one's in Thailand, this one's in this one. This one's in his subconscious mind. Remember, anytime we're thinking, we're not in our conscious mind. We're usually in our subconscious mind. So sometimes we have to break state. And he says a person has to be tremendously determined, determined to be strong and courageous, to hold on and maintain his position, because they're going to cause him to fall again and again, especially with the Brit. Yes, sir. The Yetzirah knows you're going for something. He knows that you can get married. He knows you can have kids. He knows you can do so much good things with this. Why for men is this problem? It's because you can create life with it. But with, just like you can create life with this problem, you can create a lot of darkness with Shadim, Klipot, and all that. So anything that has potential for one way has potential the other way. The other way. The same thing. And remember, he's saying here, for there are times when, they, when a person seems to fall from the service of God and is known, nevertheless, it's incumbent on him not to desert his place. This is because one must surely experience You have to experience the falls and the descents and the confusions before entering holiness. Before you're going to get to a good Hezbo you're going to get so confused, every problem in your life is going to come hit you. 
Everything is going to hit you when you're going to do something. Right before you, I tell this to people before they get married. I don't know, I'm dating the girl. All of a sudden, I'm about to commit to her. I don't know now. I'm getting this confusion. I'm getting this confusion. I said, Mazel Tov, now you're getting the right place. It's exactly what's supposed to happen. But if you marry Christina in the Wynn Hotel, you're not going to get any confusions. Don't you understand? Those confusions don't happen. That one you pay for later. You understand? This one you're paying for before. That one you will pay for later. See, it's, it's deferred. It's like the person says, you know what? Let me just take a three-year, four-year, five-year balloon rate mortgage. And next thing you know, the mortgage goes up to 10, 10, 10%. And what do they do to the person? They foreclosed on the house. Look what happened in 2008. Everybody's buying these expensive houses. Look, I'm living. Next thing you know what happened? I got thrown out of the houses. Same thing spiritually. It's a balloon mortgage. It's gonna exp- the rate's going to go up. The same thing. Pay it now. So this is where Nachman says that you have to have this concept of stubbornness. You must be stubborn. And just do not leave your place. I can't stress that enough. Because so many people, they jump in, they jump out, they jump. You have, to stick, you have to just stick it, stick it out, and deal with it. That's his message. And you know why he t- tells us this? Because if, if you got it now, what happens? How do I know that you're going to be there forever? This is what he's saying here. He says a beautiful comment of Nachman says here. And he says, even, even the holy Baal Shem Tov, at the end of his life, forgot everything he knew. How do you like that one? The holy Baal Shem Tov, towards the end of his life, remember too, the Baal Shem Tov, when the Satan instigated against him. And what happened to the Baal Shem Tov? The Baal Shem Tov, during the time of his journey, he lost his whole Torah. Can you imagine the head, the head of Hasidut today? The head of Chabad, the head of everything. He lost everything. The Satan attempted to abandon his belief in God. He got the Baal Shem Tov confused even to the effect of abandoning his belief in God. Today, we have Hasidut because of the Baal Shem Tov. Bottom line. But the Satan knew the light that's going to come out of this. I mean, look at Chabad's movement today. You know, they're outgrowing Starbucks, for God's sake. Mm. Look, look at, I mean, look, 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 what's, look at the, the movement today that, that's happening. But even then, and the Talmud says again, also the King David, there's times where even the biggest Sadiqim fell. That although the Baal Shem Tov fell from his level, he did not despair. At the moment he lost everything, he struggled to achieve the service of God, and he never gave up, and he got it all back. He started over with an Aleph Beit. He started over saying, Now I'm going to serve you with no reward. And he did it simple. And that's how he got it back. So this is what we need to understand. That this is a day. Yesod should be Yesod. Ramchal. Lesson 48. You have to be stubborn. There's no other option but to be stubborn in the service of God. You're stubborn with other things in life. Be stubborn with the right things. You got the stubbornness from some way, right? Somehow God gave you stubbornness in your life, but you're not using it the right thing. You're using it for the wrong thing in life. You're stubborn to, to, to change. We have to stir, be stubborn not to quit. That's the problem. It's the opposite today in this generation. Everybody's stubborn. I don't want to change. I don't want to change. Be stubborn not to quit. Imagine that. That's why Ramachan says, I will procrastinate tomorrow. And then what happened when, he, when tomorrow came? I will procrastinate tomorrow. And you know what happened? He never ended up procrastinating. Because he always told us all the time, come back tomorrow. What are we doing today? I'll do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes, I'll do it tomorrow. 
Do you understand? You can use it. Anything that's given to you, you can use it the other way too. So being that today is the yurt site of the Holy Ramchal, we're going to do, we're going to take a couple, a couple chapters from Mesilai Yishirim. Beautiful, beautiful book. Um, it's it's none in, nothing in, in Mesilai Yishirim is very, very profound and deep in Kabbalah. But it's the simple things that we don't understand. Like we say, common sense is not always common practice. Specifically for spiritual. Because we have spiritual amnesia. We forget. We forget very quickly in life how good God is to us. We forget the blessings we have. So that's why the mornings in his bodhidut, praying to Hashem, connecting and recalculating everything, make us recognize that we do have spiritual amnesia today. And we forget a lot of things. We have a long-term memory for trauma and a short-term memory for gratitude. It's the other way around, unfortunately. It happens to all of us. But what you could do is check yourself. The Ramcha says here, that what's the, what's the purpose of a man's existence in this world? And he says the man's mission in this world is to fill mitzvot, to serve Hashem, and to withstand the test he faces. That's your job in this world. You have a test after test after test. One day is up, another day Hashem's concealed. It's, it's, it's completely, it can knock you out. I mean, it's one day, it's great. Next thing you know, it's like, what happened? And, you know, we have days where things are flowing and days where you can't even, everything's stuck. It's the same Hashem doing it to you. It's the same. It's the same thing. Are, do you have the courage to wake up tomorrow morning and have that same energy you had when things were good? Mm-hmm. That's where the test, when people tell you, I'm burnt out, I'm done. Of what? Of what? We, <laughs> there's no, pain, is, pain is part of life. Mm-hmm. And Rav Nachman told us very clearly, you do not have Olam Hazeh here. There's no Olam Hazeh. It looks like it's Olam Hazeh to people, but there's no Olam Hazeh. And everybody's got many, many challenges, one after the other, etc., etc. And again, you don't see it, but the, these ch- we, we have to go, and the only way, there's no, nothing says, no other way but to have determination. And he's saying here, accordingly, it's appropriate that one's entire direction in life be oriented towards serving the Creator. And that he should have no other purpose in, in any of the action where he takes, whether minor or minor, minor, or under than to come closer to God. That means, if I have a problem, we have to ask ourselves one thing. Is this problem bringing me closer to God? Yes, it's not really a problem then. It's not really a problem. That's the way he got your attention. Stop focusing on other ways that he got your attention. Somebody, somehow he's got to get your attention. One person he gets, Hashem gets his attention by knocking out a tire in the road. Another one he gets his attention by his wife giving him an issue. Another why he gets attention by his partners in business. Pick, pick a thing, but don't get stuck in that thing. Don't get stuck in that situation saying this is the way he's re- rectifying you. He's just showing you a different way. It could be a flat tire. It could be a this business deal. It could be that. I mean, I've seen it black and white. I've seen a, friends of mine, they were keeping the Brit, no problem. All of a sudden, they got comfortable. And next thing you know, they said, you know what? Things are good now. I don't think I, 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 I think I'm okay with this now. What happened? He fell from the Brit one day. The next day, he got an IRS audit. So that woke him up. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Technically, it's a very good thing because that means Hashem really loves this person and really doesn't want him to leave. So he showed him, he smacked him right away. Smacked him right away. So that means it's actually, it's a very good thing because if you think about it, wow, Hashem's watching me. What does your mazal do for you? 
what is your, what's the purpose of your mazal? It's not to put a, a chamsa on you and red strings and, a, and all this. Mazal protects you on your mission in your life. You have a certain mission in your life. And your mazal directs you to make sure you hit that mission. Whether it could be to be saved from the wrong type of person, marry the wrong type of person, put you in the right business. So your mazal is like an antenna that you really want to activate it. Imagine trying to go with your phone with no signal. You can't call. Your mazal protects you. So you, you want to strengthen your mazal. How do you strengthen your mazal? For men, mazal. Moti Do not spill seed. Spilling seed is the first way to destroy mazal. Same word. Mazal. You want one way to take... Imagine having a GPS. You're going to a major destination. You know what? Let's just take out the batteries. That's what you're doing when you're doing that. So mazal is connected to that. Where else can I control my mazal? Is through anything, any spiritual purity. Prayer. Mitzvah. That's how I strengthen my mazal. Charity strengthens my mazal. I can also weaken my mazal by the other way. So we want our mazal. Mazal is not just a happy, oh, he says happy. No, it directs you, it guides you for whatever mission is good for you. Your mission could become to become a teacher. Your, this guy's mission could become a businessman. Not everybody has, but the problem is the teacher wants to become a businessman and the businessman wants to be a teacher. You're in the wrong mission. You're in the wrong lane. So sometimes Hashem wants a, a different mission from the person. Not everybody's meant. To, become a, to go out and become a billionaire and all this. That's not everybody's mission because at the end of the day, some, if money to some people would actually be a major curse to them because they would probably not want to have kids, leave their wives, and spend a lot of money. I've had people that I know today, they're, they're finding Hashem not, in, not when they had hundreds of millions of dollars, but when they're sitting in jail. That's where they found them today. And there's minyans, there's guys studying in jail today. Believe it or not, not one, not two. Many people I know like this. That, listen, I gave it to you the right way, but at the end of it, you couldn't control the money. You didn't have a keili for the money. So what happens? You took the money, you used it the wrong way, with women, with, with, with etc. So now you end up in jail. And in jail, you're going to learn Torah now. So it's, it's actually love. So we, we, want, we, we never want, we never want to ask Hashem, or something we can't handle. So that's why we should pray, Hashem, give me what's good for me. Give me what's good for me. If this is good for me, give it to me. If it's not good for me, don't give it to me. That's really the prayer. When, when, that prayer really has a lot of truth to it. Because if you really pray like that, then you know whatever you get, it's going to be good for you. But if you're praying for things that, are not, that maybe are not good for you, if you get them, it could be detrimental to you. So, accordingly... It is appropriate that one's entire direction in life be solely to connect to a creator and to focus on this world as temporary and to break down all the barriers that a person has. This is from the Ramcha. Ramcha was not Breslau. But he's telling you, your job in life is to break down all these barriers that are in heaven. These are all these negative thoughts, these, these confusions, this doubt, these breakdowns that we're going through, this uh, panic attacks, PTSD, all of these things is all confusions in servicing Hashem. And what you can do is you, you, you have to understand that every single day of the Omer is a brand new energy. Yesterday's energy and today's energy is completely different. You have to believe that if you're going through a very dark day, there's usually a very light day coming the next day. And that's what I say to myself. If there's a timsum, if there's chaos, let there be light. And then you focus on the light. 
it's not chaos all the time unless you want it to be chaos and you stay in chaos. You have to understand, like God created the world. First there was chaos, tovahu, and then there was light. What should you say when you're in chaos? There will be light. And then what happens? As you say, abracadabra. As you say, will happen. That means it's very important when we deal, we're dealing with obstacles to say, chaos, light comes after chaos. Don't live in chaos. You have an option. So, the Ramchal says to break down all the barriers, specifically all the physical material matters associated with them. And, and, and remember, we, just like iron is attracted to a magnet, same thing in this world. What are we attracted to? What is getting us from our mission in this world? He also says, this is exactly the actual, what did the Yetzirah, what did the water power try to do with the Yetzirah? They burdened people's mind with constant toil. We recognize today that the one way, if you're going to make a decision today in your life, you want to make sure you're in a peak state to make that decision. Because if you're making decisions when you're depressed, you're anxious, you're confused, you're not in a peak state. Not only are you not in a peak state, Hashem is not with you in that decision. Because that decision is not coming from a, a, a space. Because remember, the Shekhinah leaves a person when he's in a state of distress, when he's in a state of anxiety, and etc. He leaves a person. And he's saying here, however, this is the actual one of the taxes of the Yetzirah. And it's cunning to burden people's minds constantly with toil. I don't have time. I don't have time to listen. I don't have time. But listen, it's gonna, you're, you're cutting down that tree. It, you're there 10, 10 hours cutting down that tree. Let's, take, let's spend 10 minutes and sharpen the knife so we can cut it down in an hour. No, I don't have time. But you can sharpen it in one hour. Rabbi Nachman says, the less dot that you have, the harder it is for you to make a living. How do you like that? Hmm. Your dot is connected to your easier... Your, your, hmm. It doesn't mean you're going to make a billion dollars, but you're going to have easier time making a living. Why? How do we know this? From the, from the, from the man. The people, shatu ha'am, velatu ha'am. They were ruach shut. What did they do? They doubled up looking for money on Shabbat. It wasn't even there. They were exhausted looking for money. They got the money, and what happened? It spoiled. Unfortunately, I have members of my family that work on lunch. Yeah, look how much money I made on Saturday. Oh, how much did you make? Oh, the, but the roof has to be changed. <laughs> what does one thing have to do with the other? Well, it's happening every time. Can't you see? Common sense. I mean, uh, how many times do you need to learn a lesson? Basically, we get the same lessons in life until we pass them. But some people don't pass them. They stay in that same lesson. So what he's saying here, this is exactly the, t- the tactic of Paro. What did he do? He, he t- all he did was burden the people's minds. He burdened them, put them to work. Because what happens is, he, he, was, he, he said, if they have any free time, they should be able, they will, they're going to create, create a rebellion against me. So let them not think. Let's just divert their minds. Today we use, today we use, today's phones, iPhones. Any kind of tactic not to think. Marijuana, uh, anything, anything today not to think about what's going on and deal with what's reality and build the Kaylee, just get me out of my head. What is, an, what is an addiction? An attempt to solve a problem. Problem is thinking, I don't want to think. I don't want to, de- I don't want to deal with reality. But this is what Paro did. Exactly what he did. He didn't want you to think. Because if you start thinking, maybe you'll find a solution out of your problem. Maybe you'll find a way to recognize that that actual mud is the, big, is the way you need that mud to build the castle. But he, no, stay in the mud. I don't want to think about the mud. Okay, here, you take a pill not to drink about the mud. Mm. See the problem today? This is from the Mishra Isharim. I think this book is written 400 years ago. 
That's why everybody's addicted, 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 addicted to, to not focusing on what's going on right now. That's why it's so important to do his bodhidut. Because you, you cut everything. You stop and you're saying, I'm not addicted. I'm going to deal with my issues. I'm going to do teshuva, what I need to do teshuva. I'm going to focus on to make sure I don't have spiritual amnesia. I'm going to have gratitude. I'm going to set my day where I want to focus on. Because otherwise, what happens? We don't have time, we don't have time, we don't have time. And he says, this is exactly the strategy of the Yitzhahara. It's a great warrior, ex- ex- extremely cunning, and, even, and it has extreme wisdom and foresight. Rabbi Rush says, listen, you don't even need the Yitzhaharas at the beach. You retired. Because once, once, on, once Instagram and all these things came, forget it. It doesn't have to work. It retired. It's getting pension right now, the Yitzhahara. <laughs> doesn't need anything. Because he knows, listen, they're going to compare themselves to this, and they're going to pair. They're gonna, you, you don't need, they don't need much. That's it. You finished. The Yitzhahara is done today. Because he put it on, on online media. And he made people trapped. Remember, there's two people that are users. Drug addicts and phone users. Look at that. Two people that they use the word users. The same thing. So we have to understand. Okay, you're an, a- you're an addict to your phone. No problem, but start at 9 o'clock. Do what you have to do before. From 9 to 5, 9 to 7, you can't control what goes on in the middle of the day. But you can control what happens in the morning and you control at the time you go to sleep. Then you have some kind of control. If you're just the whole day, it's, it's, you feel like you got nothing done. And that's, that's unfortunate society. And Ramon Khal says, now it's obvious that even if a person carefully monitors himself and analyzes what it is not the power to save him. Only Hashem can save you. For the Yetzirah is very powerful. As it says, the wicked one waits for the righteous to seek and kill him. But Hashem will not forsake him. Hashem prevents. That means any person in, in any kind of addiction, trying to use any other means, but surrender to Hashem. And knowing that only Hashem can help. Well, I don't know how Bill W. and the 12 Steps, they got this wisdom of surrendering to a higher power. How they got that foresight, it's unbelievable. But that's exactly what, you need to, what we do today. We have to recognize that any addiction that I have today, it's not going to be, I can't do it myself. It, it's a higher power getting me out of that addiction. The wicked one lies in his righteous ones to seek it, but Hashem will not forsake him. However, this does not absolve us from the obligation of self-analysis. That means only Hashem, but you still have to self-analyze. And he says, the Holy One blesses me, aids a person. The Holy One will certainly not make him go into sin. But what, what, what happens, he's saying here, but if you don't care about yourself, then should the Creator care about for, for you? That means if the person, you can only have mercy. A mercy cannot be a fool. And this is what the, he's saying here. Hashem will aid one who makes an effort to improve his ways, enabling him to accomplish what he couldn't have done on his own, but he will not perform the entire ask for fighting the Yetzirah. That means you have to put in effort. I can't say, I want to go to rehab for a week. That's not effort. Hashem's not going to help you because you're not putting in effort yourself. You're not going to fight the Yetzirah yourself. It's impossible. You need heavenly, heavenly adjustment because without heaven, what happens? You're not going to be able to do it. Now he says one more thing from this, which is unbelievable. Chapter 21. And he's saying here that it's very important that the only real way to get closer to God, the Ramchal says, is, is to contemplate. Contemplate and seclude yourself. Do his bodidut. Shehid boded. B'yachad. A person should do his bodidut. Because it's, it's not possible to go through whatever you're going through during the day and not 
do it in self-analysis. You have to do a self-analysis of what happened in the day. Because what happens is, we have the power to rectify our problems early. Hashem knows you're, you're human. He knows you make mistakes. But whether or not you, you check out is important. It's very important. We do mishpat constantly. Hashem, I yelled. Hashem, I got angry. Hashem, I did this. Hashem, I did that. That will help you. But what are, exactly, watching, watching spiritual game film, but what factors are not allowing us to do this? It seems so obvious that all we have to do is do this, but why is it like, you know, when I go to Williamsburg Synagogue, and there's people there that are 10 times more religious than I am there, and I ask them, how many people would speak to Hashem? 3% of the people raise their hands? This is in Williamsburg, in a Hasidic place. You would say 60-70%, right? Guess the closer, the more religious you are, the closer you are to Hashem. It doesn't seem to be that way though today. What, do they, what does he say here? Conversely, the things that detract from Hasidut are preoccupations and worries. Pre, he's too preoccupied. And he's worried about financial gains and worldly manners. See? Worrying, worrying, worrying detracts you from Hashem. For when a person... For when a, the mind of a person is preoccupied and agitated, agitated by his worries and pursuits, it is impossible for him to focus on the attention on the, to get this contemplation. And without this contemplation, he cannot attain any kind of chazidut. He can't become a, bi- a better person. He's going to become more of a bitter person than a better person. Because guess what? Business goes up and down. We all know that. I'm running my businesses, the rehabs, this business. It's up and down. When people tell me, open up new places here. No thank you. No thank you. Do I want more headaches at, 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 for more money? I'm not interested in any shape or form for that. Because there's a price for this. There's a price for this for, for money today. It comes with a l- lack of mindset. And no mindset and worrying and, and this, what's going to be here, what's going to be there, and all this. And imagine people are just running after it. And he says, is it possible to focus on his attention? And without such contemplation, you're not going to attain chasidut. You're not going to attain any kind of spiritual, spirituality or any kind of becoming a, a, a better person. Moreover, if he's already attained it, such preoccupations can muddle it. He's going to muddle your intellect. We know this from Nachman says, if a person, his whole pursuit is running after money, he will become an idiot. He says, it, he will become an idiot and a fool. Because all you're doing is like a little hamster on the wheel. Running, running. Where are you running to? I don't know. There's cheese. Just run, 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 run. But don't you understand? The faster you go, the more you go nowhere. Exactly. But listen to a class. Don't have time. But do this. Don't have time. There you go. It's done. It's the hamster on the wheel. Tell the hamster on the wheel, listen, I can make you stop. You go nowhere faster. Don't have time. It's like people tell you, hurry up and wait. And the guy's running after the red light, and then, hurry up to wait. That's what we're doing. So why do you think we do these classes in the morning? Every day, because we don't want to get into a habit of becoming rat racers and mice spinning on a wheel, going nowhere faster, and not having and eating our bread with sorrow and bitterness, and God forbid. I had this problem in the beginning of the year. Major breakdown until I had this problem with my... uh, with my spleen. I have to have a spleen and God forbid not feel good. To, to, this, is a, this is just your brain and then your body gets affected after that. So after that happened to me, I went <laughs> completely 360 
on, on mindfulness, on everything, because I'm not going through this again. It was the greatest thing that happened. 180. It was the greatest thing that happened to me because I, it forced me to, I had enough pain to say, if I don't fix this, I'm getting palpitations in my heart. This has to be fixed. It's not an option whether I'm fixing this or not. What do I need to do? Change this, change this, change that, change that. And this is, look, look what he's saying here. Therefore, the sages of blessed memory stated, listen to this, that the Shekhinah does not rest upon a person while he's in a state of distress or any other not conductive real contemplation. Don't tell me you can't be lazy either. Because Rav Nachman says in Lesson 7, the second half, that if you're Shlamazel, you're not going to be able to make Parnasa either. So there's a fine line between, oh, I don't have to work, you're right, let me just contemplate, hang out nowhere all day long. Or not take any chances, or because or, it's going to make me not spiritual. That's a Shlamazel. There's a difference between becoming a Shlamazel and overworking. We need tefillah to ask us, give us the proper balance of how much Hishtadlut I should do and when I should pull back. You know, there's actual people that the more you exercise sometimes, you can actually create cortisol and you can actually, the overtrain. muscle needs, you can overtrain. Yeah. The muscle needs to rest. Hmm. You would figure, why? I work so much. I, I, I. No, there's times hmm. that the muscle needs to stop because muscles grow usually at rest. Same thing. Same thing here. You do your hishtadut, let Hashem make the rest. But you're trying to pump, 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 pump. You're exhausted. You don't see it growing. Let me pump some more. Hmm. No. It's a time to let go. It's a time to relax. It's a time to chill out. It's a time to take a tzimtzum. And he says, The Shekhinah does not rest upon a person while he's in a state of distress or any other state not conductive to real contemplation. That's why it's very difficult to have partners today. Because it's enough dealing with myself in life. Then I got to deal with this guy and that guy and that guy and that guy. How do I control this? can't control all this. If Hashem didn't have a partner, we probably shouldn't. Because a person in distress cannot devolve his mind and heart to love and fear of Hashem necessary. The same applies, and all the more. These are all the things that if we start losing, we get too caught up in work, we get caught up in, in, in too much, we miss the whole, the whole thing. And this is what he's saying here. What are you worrying about anyway? Already the Parnassah in Rosh Hashanah has already been decided what you're going to make. It's already been declared. Yes, you have to make a hishtalut, but you can't do it. And then he says something. If a man's livelihood is fixed by divine decree, why must he exert effort in obtaining it? That's a good question. If it's already decided in Rosh Hashanah, why should I, why should I work harder? Why should I do anything else? Why is, it, why is it like that? Indeed, a person can actually have sat down and been idle in the decree for livelihood, which a fixed amount on Rosh Hashanah would still be fulfilled if not for the penalty imposed by Adam's sin. So Adam, Adam's sin created where by the sweat of your brow you need to work. So you do have to make work, but he's saying something very, very important here that we need to understand. He needs to say this is only a tax. This is like a tax for mankind to pay. Remember this concept. I have to pay a tax. I have to put six months in a deal, four months in a deal. Let's say that deal doesn't work. It doesn't mean the next deal cannot come in, in two days. I paid the tax. Tax is transferable. You can transfer your tax credit. You can, you can transfer your spiritual efforts. That means it could take you, all of a sudden, you can even apply this to Shidduchim. Just because you're in a two-year relationship doesn't mean you can't get married in a month right after. Doesn't mean you have to wait another two years. That's from your thinking. That's the way you think. 
very important to question your thinking. We think, oh, if it's, it took so hard on, to want you to, it's going to take me the heart. I'm exhausted. What are you exhausted? It's a new, different person, different situation. Transfer your tax credits. Transfer your credits. It gives you a lot of hope to say that. Because otherwise you're saying, how can I even begin to go for another deal? I just spent six months. I'm exhausted. Are you the one indicating your success in the deal or not? And this is what he says here. To teach us that although effort is necessary, that does not mean the effort yields livelihood. Exactly. Does not mean that your effort. Rather it means it's the effort required for the person. But once a person spent the effort, he discharges obligation. That's it. Mm. I put the effort in. Now I need to pull back. Mm. I need to pull back. You worked out. Now you need to rest and let Hashem control. Because we have a problem of you trying to control things against Hashem. And what happens when we get angry? It's because we don't like the way things are getting controlled. And then now with the anger, you lose the money. It's just a, it's a vicious pattern. It's a very ugly pattern which not only makes you burnt out, makes you sick, it ruins your, 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 your livelihood, it ruins your shalom bayit. Because how are you going to make money? First you lose your, your, your muna at work. You get stressed out. You come home in a bad mood. Then you yell at your wife. Then your health goes. Then you want to check out. Then next thing you know, you do the same thing over and over and over again. And who do you do? You blame Hashem. This is what happens. It's the same spiral. Same spiral. So what do we do? Cut the cord. Cut it. You got you to gotta do something different. Start listening to a class. You need that. New information gives you new thinking. So now you think differently. So when you're at work, you say, okay, I had a, yesterday I had a very challenging day. Hmm. Not a horrible day. Not a day where I want to escape. No, it's a challenging day. So what did I do? I woke up for a hotel today. I said, listen, I, I might feel it. I need stronger tefillah. That means a tougher day should make you wake up earlier with turn it up, not zone out. Zoning out means I don't like what I've been given. It's telling me I need to wake up and have more consistency and more fire in my tefillah. That's the only thing you should label that. It's to teach you, get up, more focus, Etc. Not the opposite, not anything else but the opposite. That's what happens when good players, they get blown out of a game, they wake up earlier and, 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 and they start waking up one hour earlier and they practice more. Why is Kobe Bryant Lahabdil, Michael Jordan Lahabdil, the difference between all these other guys? Because they knew when they have a rough day, that means I need to wake up earlier and I need to, I need to practice more. It's nothing to do with the situation. It's a signal for me to change. So may Hashem help us in the schot of the Holy Ramchal, in the schot of Yisod Shabbat Yisod, that we should take all this knowledge and apply it. Amen. Amen.